Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Jesus calls his first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let the net down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Lord, I I pray that as we think about vision for this year, um, that you would speak to all of us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I think the first thing to say is how encouraged I always am when I think of us at St. Margaret's um, and how there's uh, loads of... um, green shoots that are popping up. My experience of ministry sometimes has been like pushing water up a hill, um, but it doesn't feel like that often at St. Margaret's. Sometimes I think, oh, we're going to have this conversation. I think it's going to be really difficult. And then it turns out not to be. And lots of things like that. that um, and that is a credit to all of us and our life together. But also, I think that God is with us, that he is behind us, that he is breathing life into us, that we don't have to wonder, uh, does God desire our good? I think he does, and he's, he's showing that. Um, and when I think of you and pray for us all, uh, I should be more disciplined at that, praying for each of you. But I remember, I think I remember all of you throughout the week in prayer at some point. Um, and I all, I, what I think is such an extraordinary bunch of people <laughs> in quite a small, relatively small church. There's an extraordinary amount of extraordinary people, stories, gifts. And I could go into some, but I don't need to because you know them by looking around. You know the stories that are present and the gifts uh, and, and skills, etc., um, that are present. And whilst there is uh, loads of encouraging signs of growth, uh, we are we're smaller than we were in, in our gathering only a few years ago, and I think it's important to say that um, attendance on Sundays isn't the only metric for health, 
in a church. But it is an important metric. Um, and uh, you probably can't quite see the colours brilliantly. I don't know what happened with the yellow one in 2017. <laughs> Some pandemic that we're unaware of. Anyway, I think that's an anomaly. We didn't submit the stats. Thanks, Pippa. And much thanks to you, Pippa, for preparing all this data. Um, I think I'm looking at the blue one and also the green one. So average week, October, and green, usual Sunday. And you can see all of them, uh, not anything dramatic apart from COVID, but then trending down. And if we were to do this for 2022, it would be significantly up, but not compared to... 2012, and from hearing stories of St. Margaret's pre-2012, probably there is a decline even far back as that. And so um, I'm just putting that up and also wondering if anyone sees the stuff from the census in the news, from the 2021 census. In 2011, 59% of the country uh, affiliated themselves as a Christian of some kind, and in the census from last year, um, 46% did. So that's a 13% reduction. And there will be multiple factors. You know, some people might say, well, are there more people of other faiths? There are. But that doesn't go to actually uh, making sense of the numbers. The simple thing is, is there are less people in England confessing Jesus. And of those people who would, if they were asked, even less, probably only a quarter of them regularly attend church. So uh, it's, not, it's not just us at St. Margaret's that have seen a decline in attendance in church, but, and also, uh, I suppose, the worship of Jesus in a way. Um, it's all across the country. Are we just a small example of what's happening on a national scale, actually not just national, but the whole of the Western world, it seems. There is, if you look at church attendance in America, like a huge decline, particularly over the last few years. Uh, Ireland, as an example, where the Roman Catholic Church, again, for, um, for very difficult reasons, pretty much collapsed over five years. Attendance in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, the part of the Christmas liturgy, those who were with us on Christmas Day, that stood out to me the most, that stayed with me over the Christmas time, was that opening, um, almost poem, I can't remember it all, but it said something like, talking about the baby Jesus in a manger, summer in winter, eternity set in a span, which Helen really helpfully said was the gap between someone's elbow and their hand, just the perfect place to hold a child in. Um, and when I think of us and decline across the Western world in church attendance, might it be for us kind of like, could it be for us summer in winter? Could it be for us eternity set in a span that though um, things may be uh, different, Maybe things might be quite difficult and um, an even smaller remnant of people following Jesus. That doesn't mean to say that we couldn't, hi Sandra, we couldn't pray to the Lord for growth um, and health. I want to um, think a little bit very briefly about that passage. Um, 
if we believe in God for us, you know, I think a few weeks ago I called us the little flock of Frisinghall, thinking about another passage in Luke's gospel. If, um, it would have seemed, it seemed silly, I think, for Peter to, and the disciples to go out into deeper water and to let down their nets. And it would have involved risk. It would have involved risk because they were tired already, so they were potentially to get tireder. Um, and then there's also reputational risk. You know, they're fishermen, they've not caught any fish, so they're probably a bit embarrassed. And if they are to try again, it just compounds that failure, I suppose. And yet in faithfulness to Jesus, they do go out into deeper water, let down their nets, and catch an extraordinary amount of fish. And to think about what that would mean for us as a church, what what is the deeper water that we could be invited to paddle out into? And in what ways might we let down our nets? And what might it look like to catch fish? Um, what might it look like to see more of us here? That would be one of the examples in which catching fish, uh, could, we could see that. I want to share a few thoughts about vision for the year. First, share some good news with you that I've already shared with the PCC by an email, but share with us more broadly. Um, So just before I was off ill for quite a long time, um, earlier in 2022, I was involved in a meeting where... um, it's one of those meetings where I thought, I won't say anything because I'm not very senior in this meeting. <laughs> Just, you know, what's that, uh, that proverb? Um, better to be thought a fool. Uh, better to be thought, thought a fool rather than open your mouth and... Uh, Prove it, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, hi, Sandra. Just want to take a seat here. It'd be great. Come and join us. Good. Um, hiya. Um, and when I got back to work, I opened an email and read um, a, uh, the, a plan that we'd put into the central funders of the Church of England called the Strategic Development Fund. I thought, oh, this is what I said in the meeting, <laughs> and, which was quite exciting. It was a nice thing to come back to work to. Um, and part of that was uh, extra funding for the... Um, network churches and resourcing churches within Bradford area. So we're within a network church of, with fountains in the city centre. And we're, I, I say we're working out what that means. Um, and I think that needs to mature and develop. But, and yet we are. We are in a network with fountains. And uh, over the next four years, so that funding was all, it was completely funded, which by the... Um, the central funds, the strategic development fund of the Church of England. So that's, that means we'll, as in addition to me, we'll have three members of staff at some point within this year, which I think is really exciting. Um, so two of those are missional apprentices. So they're 20-hour-a-week contracts, which involves training and development um, but particularly looking how to increase the missional potency energy of a local church um, with a desire for church planting, 
particularly in the future. This might be uh, on a big scale or, or, or quite a small scale. Just um, for, in, for instance, you, it's not hard to imagine how something like Patch or uh, Wednesday Club could develop into some kind of church plant or worshiping community. In many ways, they already are in a way. And so there's uh, Mission Apprentices. So that's four over four years in two tranches, but they're, they're, each contract is for two years. Uh, it's really exciting. So let me be praying who this could be. Don't just think about young people. They don't have to be young people. Might be, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very. I did that this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jenny. <laughs> Helpful for everyone. No, yeah, yeah. We didn't miss it. No, 20, that is meant to be 2023. And and then admin support for us or operations. Uh, at the moment, shared with Buttershaw and Shelf, which is an, another brand new network church within the Fountains Network. So that's a total investment of 150,000 over four years, which I think is really, really exciting. Yeah. Just for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Based in Frising Hall. Um, or with us at St. Margaret's. And then there's additions for Buttershaw and Shelf. Um, there's the same for them, actually. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Good to be able to clarify stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is exciting. It's really exciting. So I want to think a little bit about our uh, vision as a church, loving God, loving each other, and loving our communities. Um, first to say something about um, uh, Christopher Hitchens and Mother Teresa. So <laughs> I, I actually quite liked Christopher Hitchens, or I've read some of his stuff and find his mind fascinating. If you don't know who he is, he's one of the new atheists, but he wrote a a massively, not a takedown book on Mother Teresa. It wasn't very nice. Um, and his greatest criticism of Mother Teresa was how much she spent on um, church buildings and chapels within her homes for the dying. Uh, and just, you know, he, he was just saying the hypocrisy and um, this money could have been spent to help the poor people and dying people that it was given for. And Mother Teresa was quite open about uh, why she spent so much on um, the worship spaces within Homes for the Dying. And that's because she was saying this all comes. This, the only reason we're here serving the dying uh, and the poor of Calcutta um, is the worship of God. That is our motivation. And so before we talk about any of the things we might do or the things we might serve is to, f- to focus on our primary uh, goal as a church is the worship and love of God from which everything else flows. Worship of God flows into love of neighbor. Um, some of the standout things for me from last year, I mean, I wasn't here for, for a lot of the year, but um, there was a service in August. I can't remember when it was, and I should have wrote it down. We had, a, I think it might have been mid-August, and we had a lovely time of worship, and it felt like God visited us just for uh, a few, maybe 20 minutes. The presence of God was very, very tangible, um, and we had children in 
it was an all-age service, all in together, and yet there was this sense of reverence for God. I think um, for at least five minutes, children were completely silent, as if like, wow, God is here. And then that, I thought that was, that's an anomaly, you know, that God occasionally blesses the church like that. But then that seemed to happen again and again over the next few months, and I have a desire and expectation that as we go into 2023, we will see the same. The, um, the final sermon series of the year, which we spent quite a long time on, knowing the Lord, the names of God. I personally found that really encouraging in my walk with Jesus and some things maybe that I thought about God in an unhelpful way were um, shown up. And I found that very helpful. I don't know whether you did. The encounter nights that we had during November. Again, um, some... some uh, lovely times of worship but some things just very very gentle I think, think the Lord speaking to us and ministering to us thinking about revival and renewal within our church and asking the Lord to start with us not, not thinking about people out there coming in but rather thinking Lord Renew me, revive me, revive my prayer life, revive my expectation, my faith in you. And as we look into the new year, uh, in just a few weeks we'll be thinking about God, actually just next week, thinking about God in our work. What does it mean to follow Jesus and to love God on Monday morning? Um, we, we can live quite separate lives, can't we? When we think about church, we've got Sunday where we, we do the church stuff and then all of us go off and do things. Um, some, some working, some education, um, some uh, volunteer work. How do we bring God into those spaces, into those care roles, um, into those, uh, yeah, the, the work? And then later on, in Lent, thinking about the boundaries or, or patterns of Jesus. In what way does Jesus give us um, ways to frame our lives to invite him in? And finally, we're thinking about loving God is um, prayer. I think we have a gift to give to the Fountains Network at large. This might be uh, one of the first things that we really contribute um, is around prayer. I think the prayer in this church is quite mature. And we've got to thank um, Helen Sunderland every week on the WhatsApp group, those prayers. But then also the way that we're led in our intercessions, I think, is really good. <laughs> I um, Intercessions of during church are like my low point in an Anglican service where I kind of have a little doze <laughs> and then occasionally feel guilty and pinch the back of my leg. But I don't have to do this at St. Margaret's, which is good. <laughs> um, and um, once a month, we gather at Fountain Church at seven o'clock on the, the first of the month at seven o'clock in the evening uh, to pray together. And I'm wondering whether that might not be just a Fountains Church thing, but might become a, a, a warm invitation, gentle invitation, towards a Fountains Network thing and how actually we could feed in. There might be one way, but I hope there would be other ways in which we could grow in prayer during 2023, um, that, that's individually but also together, and how that could be a gift to the wider network. Loving 
each other. So I um, let you into a secret. I think I might have shared this or at least uh, alluded to it. There were points during April and March, April and May, where I thought, I don't think I want to be a vicar anymore, <laughs> or at least not for a while. <laughs> um, and um, my, I did, this is a, a, quite a, almost like a welcome into the inner life of Nathaniel, but I, I read the Church of England manual for vicars and realized that I could be ill <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and then... I might leave, and I might need that six months to work out what I was doing with my life, um, because I just, I, I found the idea of going back to be a vicar quite challenging. Um, but many thanks to Bishop Toby, um, kind of prodding me and saying, oh, no, I think, you, I think you should try it. I think, I think you should go back and just start at St. Margaret's. And kind of tentatively, um, even though I obviously wasn't saying this to you guys, <laughs> um, coming back into ministry in late June. And I think within two weeks, I thought, no, I'm, I'm in the right place and in the right job. I think, I think I like being a vicar. And do you know what? That is thanks to you. It's thanks to the way you love one another. And I felt like I was just welcomed in to that. I didn't feel like I was returning as the vicar. I just felt like I joined a church and you loved me. Um, and you really love each other. And I, I just think you're fantastic. We're fantastic in that. I didn't jump straight down to the bit at the bottom. Um, do you know, I don't think I've heard anyone speak about anyone else negatively within the Fellowship of St. Margaret's. Within a church, that is extraordinary. <laughs> so um, let's keep doing that. And um, I find St. Margaret's a very low-anxiety place to be. Um, it's not a place where you're wondering what each other are thinking about one another. And um, these, this is an, these aren't really goals. These are just um, realities that exist. Let's continue to be that kind of low gossip, low anxiety, loving one another, speaking life into each other, cherishing each other kind of church. Uh, the, the youth group and children's work at this church is extraordinary. And I think that um, Colin Slater's legacy, what we got, the letter we got in the post, if you don't know, it's a story we should tell over and over again. <laughs> we were, um, we'll get on to a little bit later thinking about the warm church project, but we were wanting to make this, to make this church warmer because it's very cold. <laughs> um, and uh, after making some plans and some bids, Put in, we received a letter in the post from the family or the lawyers representing Colin Slater, a man who attended this church until the age of nine and left a seventh of his estate to, the, to, to this church in view of the spiritual formation he received as a child, which I think that's uh, another sign that God is with us, but it's also a huge encouragement to anyone involved in children and youth work within this church, that you are kind of standing on the shoulders of giants, um, that this is a heritage that uh, God is, I think, um, well, he's blessing, but he's also acknowledging from the past that feeds in to the present. Um, I'm quite excited about the weekend away 
in um, April. And so if you haven't, I think there are, people could definitely come for a day, Pippa, if anyone's thinking, I'd really like to come, but it it is full now. And that's amazing, it's full. Um, I think there's over 60 people, is that? About 60 people coming on the weekend away. That's amazing. Um, Something to think of for this year coming. This is something, uh, an area of development. Small groups. Um, I'm very pleased for Bingley. (laughs) Um, And... They're also a bit jealous of their life together and the way that they meet every week. If you don't know, those live in Bingley, they went rogue and formed their own small group and they've been really enjoying it <laughs> and enjoying each other. But um, I, I want there to be more small groups in, um, part that are affiliated to St. Margaret's. And I hope after Alpha is finished, some point around um, early March, late February, we'll start a Frising Hall small group and you don't have to live in Frisinghall or Shipley, but it'd be another option to gather in midweek. I also hope in quite soon, I started to have conversations about this, we'll have a midweek daytime group, recognising that a big chunk of the year is dark, um, and also many of us are available in the daytime. And we could, instead of waiting until nighttime to meet together, um, we could do that, do that then. Loving each other, this is um, it's way too small to read, I'll just tell you about it. Um, one of the things over this year that I found myself in is I found myself in lots of Weatherspoon pubs, because <laughs> they're just a great place. I, I, like, I, I spent a long time hanging around, it seems, hanging around for the kids or um, just needing to kill time uh, between things. And I find Weatherspoon is great, it's warm and cheap <laughs> and also historical. There's things on the walls in each of them uh, telling you a little bit about the place, and um, I now go to uh, Weatherspoons in Pudsey on a Wednesday every afternoon for just a couple of hours and sit by this. Uh, there's a little, um, what would you call it, uh, display about the Moravians with their settlement very near Pudsey. And um, in this text, it says that uh, the Moravians of Hernhut, the place that is, I think, now in Germany, um, the Holy Spirit came and they learned to love each other. I, re- I thought, and it immediately reminded me of us at St. Margaret's, that a sign of our love for one another is the Holy Spirit working amongst us. And um, my prayer is for more of that, but also for people to be welcomed into that, that it, there would be more of us that are part of this love for each other, that the, the edges of it would be fuzzier so that people could feel that they could come in more easily. And finally, so we've talked loving God, loving um, each other, and loving our community. Uh, Jane, can I invite you up to speak just for maybe 90 seconds, two minutes, about um, the Warm Church project? Um, so, as lots of you know, um, we're wanting to make this building warm. Um, and um, so, obviously, as, as um, Nathaniel said, we, we managed to get um, the surprise legacy, which is amazing. Um, but also, um, we've been trying to get funding in um, so that we can put some new heating system in. And we, we have got enough, as you know, um, to 
put the first two phases in. Um, but the whole point of doing that isn't really so that we can be warm on a Sunday. It's so that we can um, love community, really, which is the, the final or the third aspect of our vision. And um, many churches do this already, um, and we do it already, but we just want to do more of it. Mm. And really, it's about trying to listen to the community and support the community to thrive in Frisinghall. There's so many people out there who are struggling. And um, there's all sorts of different things that, that we as a church could do. Um, we probably need to get more funding to, to get people in to, to work. But it's also just about really just meeting the needs of this, this community, which I believe gets kind of neglected because it's it's not Shipley and it's not Bradford and it's in between and and there is just so much that that could be done and and already we do things and and we're already seen as a place that that could do more and and it was amazing at the um at the um jubilee event that we had jubilee event I don't know the queen thing that we had um that you know people were coming up to us and saying you know, could the church be be able to help this community do things? And you know, so we can and we will. And um, and we just need to keep praying that um, that you know the way will be found to do that. Mm, thank you, thank you. Let's give Jane and Pippa a clap because um, amazing work being done there. We all do a lot in the week, homework club, patch, Wednesday club, a huge, huge commending to those who lead these groups, particularly, uh, well, Wednesday club, Graham, you just carried on all the way through the pandemic, amazing, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you did what you could do, but uh, homework club and patch, it was kind of, oh, can these things be started, can they be restarted, ought they be, and they have been, and they've grown, um, and not only grown, but they're steady, they're not in... Not, they're not like, oh, can we do this? We can. Um, and so huge, uh, you, you know who you are, a Frisical Community Action Group. Um, there's of us going out last week. That's, uh, I mean, you, I don't have favorites as a church, but if I did, it probably would be Noah Sanderson. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and I think... I really hope that we do more as the Frising Hall Community Action Group um, th- this year, particularly with making friends and partnerships with Muslim neighbours, Muslim com- community groups, which, which we're surrounded by. Um, Alpha began last Wednesday really well. Um, you might not know, but there's a very small Bible course going on on a Wednesday afternoon with uh, three people. Well, when I go, it's four, um, but I'm not sure I can as a guest. Um, and then uh, last year, we did four big things, um, which could easily be evangelistic, but also opening up to our communities. Uh, two of them, well, three of them are, I suppose, fixed things, but we can do them in a big way. And I want to, this year, think about how can we use these things to reach out into our community with love. Easter, the summer fun day, we'll have to think of another thing other than the Jubilee, but we'll do some kind of summer fun day at Harvest and Christmas. 
I want to finish just by um, naming something before we worship and then share communion together. Uh, this, um, I think, this might, I, this could be a shared thing. It could be just how I work. Sometimes when I think about exciting things, what could be, I get a bit anxious. And I think, well, oh, maybe, maybe don't bother because if you try really hard, then nothing happens and you'll feel terrible. <laughs> and uh, that probably was a question in the heart of Peter and the disciples. You know, what if we risk it? What if we go for it and have uh, a big vision for this year or get our hopes up and then actually our hopes are dashed for whatever reason? We look back and think, oh, there was so much vision at the beginning of 2023, but uh, nothing really materialized. And um, that's naming something within my heart. I mean, when I think about Alpha that started on Wednesday, I had Alpha anxiety, thinking no one's going to come. No one ever comes. <laughs> it's only going to be church people. But actually, we have seven guests there who I would think you know, aren't of the Christian faith. That's amazing. Um, and I think, despite all of these, these questions, I really think the Lord is asking us to go for it and there's a number of signs he's given us. One of them is the legacy, but there's also this other funding, um, um, but also smaller signs that he is with us as a church. He's behind us, so he wants us to step into these things and to paddle out into deeper waters. Um, I'm going to respond in worship before we share communion together, but um, I'd invite you to ask the Lord to speak to you for this year. Um, and my experience of St. Margaret's is that the Lord often speaks to one or two of us, and then it might be in the next coming weeks we share that with the church. You don't want to just hear from me. I don't want this to be Nathaniel gone to the mountain and comes down with some things to share. You know, this is, it's a we, it's an us, and um, all of these, the cool things actually that are happening are being led by the people here, um, not by me, and I think that's really, really important. So, Ban, if you want to get up and let's all stand and let's welcome the Lord before we share communion. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for these signs that you are with us and we pray that you would speak to us and direct us over this year. Lord, help us not to be caught in fear but be filled with hope because of who you are and what you have done. In the name of Jesus, amen.